Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word together. To hear and understand from wisdom beyond our shores, beyond our community. And Father God, to grow. Grow in that love that we are challenged to grow in. Grow in that fellowship and companionship, that koinonia. So I thank you for these letters. I thank you for the way they've spoken to us. And ask for your Holy Spirit to continue to speak to us through this. In Jesus' name, amen. So did you like the video? Yeah, it was kind of a really good summary of what we've been talking about. And I, I felt very affirmed in that because I didn't see that video beforehand. And yet they picked up on a number of big points that I picked up on. So I was like, ooh, isn't that great? Um, but uh, it was really wonderful to see how it's, it's all kind of laid out and, and put out there for us to understand. And I wanted for us to really kind of finish our series um, in John emphasizing that great love of the Father and what that means. And I wanted to pick up in particular um, on the passages that we have here where it talks about, you know, the, the, the children of the world, sorry, the, the children of God will no longer sin um, and those who continue to sin are no longer children of God. Because I wanted to talk about that um, hyperbole that John is using. Do you know this word, hyperbole? No, it's... It's a very fancy way of saying exaggeration. <laughs> because he's exaggerating here. And why, why is he exaggerating? Because he's begun to build. He's laid down a foundation. And he's begun to build on that foundation. And he wants us to understand what it's like. And I'm going to give a bit of a... Um, I'm have a prop here. And I'm going to give you a little bit of an uh, illustration of, of how that works. Because you see... Before I came to this church, I was in a Pacific Islander church, and they have these beautiful reed fans, don't they? It's not, this isn't reed, this is Sammy's hat, which I've squashed, I'm sorry, Sammy. But uh, yes, this is Sammy's hat, which he's lent me for my, as my prop. And what they would do is they, they would sit there and they would fan themselves like this in service. You know what I'm talking about? You ever been to one of the Pacific churches? And they, oh, you got beautiful, your fan's a little bit better. That's, that looks like it, it can do a bit more of a better job in, in actually blowing the wind, whereas theirs had like holes and, and things like that. And, and I remember one particularly hot day I was preaching, and um, we were doing a baptism. Actually, we had a series of baptisms. So I made the foolish mistake of wearing my robes that day that don't breathe at all. <laughs> so I was visibly sweating. And I'm sitting at the front with the elders, right? And they're all in their traditional garb. And... Two of them, one on either side of me, began fanning themselves like this. Do you know why? They were fanning me. <laughs> they were still fanning themselves, but on the, on the backhand motion, they were getting me. Sometimes literally. <laughs> And, and I'm thinking to myself, as I'm trying to preach and dodge being swatted, um, I'm thinking to myself, this is so ineffective. <laughs> I, I'm not cool. I'm ex exerting more energy having to dance around. But yet there were my tokuas, my brothers, lovingly doing, committing to doing this. You know, and you can see after a while their arms were getting tired, you know, and they were, they were like that, and then they'd swap arms. <laughs> And I came away from it. I'm just going to put my prop right there. And then I came away from it thinking to myself, 
It wasn't the air they were fanning me with. It was love. See, it didn't matter that it was ineffective and that it was actually causing me to exert more heat and energy. What mattered was that they were showing me that care and that love. That exaggerated motion was all about saying, my brother, I care for you and I want to show you now. I want to show you visibly. As the sermon reached high points, the fanning got faster. In softer points, the fanning got slower. They were with me. They were with me. It was a 40-minute sermon. Usually it is in the Pacific Island Church. Don't worry, this morning it won't be. But usually it is. And they were with me 100% of their way. And it reminded me of Joshua and Caleb holding the arms of Moses. They were with him. And they were exerting of themselves so that God's will will be done in that space. John is using hyperbole here because he knows that in Christ, sin has no power over us. So it is the seeking of sin that we shouldn't be doing and instead living in the light and in righteousness. And why does he say this? Well, he begins here in John 3.1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. You've heard me say before, dear friends, when we're out in the community, out in the world, and we're sharing about our faith, and they reject us, it's not we who they reject, but it is God. I know it hurts. I know it can be painful. Have I told you my story about the barber? No? So I, I, I would love going to the barber, right? I'd love to go there, sit in the chair. But after a little while, the barber asks you this very crucial and important question. They say, so, what do you do for a living? <laughs> Can you imagine how am I going to respond in that moment? And, and friends, I, I don't know. This... I feel like a captive. I've got the cape. I feel like I'm strapped to the chair. I'm panicking. And in my case, I can't wear my glasses at the barber for obvious reasons. Uh, so therefore, I, I'm blind. And, and I'm feeling extremely vulnerable. And I have to respond. Actually, I'm a pastor. And I can't see their face. And I can't. The last time it happened, the razor just stopped. <laughs> oh, and what's that like? <laughs> and I thought, right, okay, let's change the subject. Let's talk about something else. Anyway, I have a bunch of these stories about different barbers and their responses to me being a pastor. Because it takes them by surprise. I mean, and I don't know why. Pastors need to get their hair cut too. I mean, come on. <laughs> Um, I did find a Christian barber once. That was wonderful. They went out of business within like three weeks of COVID. Uh, but anyway, I know. I feel like God puts me in those situations often because it challenges me. Because I need to be able to be in that space and be able to communicate and connect. And I believe that that is an opportunity where I can live out what John is saying here. To show the world the God that loves. 
I had a conversation with one female barber. She was Mexican. And she was talking about how lonely she was. She had not seen her family for years. And speaking in Spanish with me had been the first time she'd spoken in Spanish with anyone in months and months and months. And something just triggered in her and she began crying. She wasn't upset, she was happy. And I said to her, well, actually, I'm a pastor. Can I, can I pray for you, please? And I said that in my vulnerability, my vulnerable state. And she said, I would love that. And that was a beautiful moment. See, sometimes when we decide that we're going to share that love of God, it pours out of us even if we try to stop it. And it can really, really be impactful to those around to see. Now... John talks about, don't be like Cain. What does that mean? I wanted to bring this story for you so that we understand it. In Genesis 4, verses 1 to 4, we see Cain, Adam's son. And in the course of time, Cain had brought fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel had also brought an offering, fat portions for some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. This is the crucial part of what John is alluding to. He is not saying, hey, you know what? Cain, he, he just did this. He was unprovoked. No, 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 no. He wants us to be aware that there's a connection with that offering. Remember what I said before. Bless you, John. Remember what I said before. When I'm sitting there in the chair, I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling I'm feeling ill at ease. I can't see. I can't see. I have a choice. I can shut down, can't I? Climb up. Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to say anything. I could do that. But I chose not to. I chose instead out of that vulnerability to, be, to engage with a fellow human being. That became an offering into that space and into that moment. And this is where I think John is really going. That Abel had given an offering that was not appropriate. And from that, that turned into hatred in Abel's heart. Hatred that would lead to murder. Friends, sometimes we need to be aware of the offering that we are bringing. And that it is an offering that has to be done in a way that is before the Lord. For God to take that up. And we may be wafting in futility. Or at least we will perceive that. But God knows the love. God appreciates that which we are offering in that moment. Don't tell me that you gather at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning at Pimpama City just because the coffee is that damn good. <laughs> no. There's much better coffee around the place. You gather there because God has brought people. Because God has connected you with that community. Because God has empowered you. And those of us who can't be there, myself included, we pray for you because we know that the Spirit is there with you. Where two or more are gathered, Jesus says, I am there also. That is an offering 
One which we are beginning to see definitely God is using and God is, is finds it pleasant. And from that offering of love, God can do great things. So this is why John says, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Now we can't read this literally, okay? It's not like as if God was like, I don't like vegetables. I'm on keto, so please bring me the fat. No, that's not at all. Right, boys? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eat your vegetables, kids. What it is, is that we have these words that were used in the Bible. Evil is ra. And those of you who remember your Egyptian uh, history class or whatever, ra is a word for the Egyptian god. And so this is, this is actually literally why they have the word for evil is ra. The word for good is tov, tov. And this is a really important word because back in creation, right, where Phil was reminding us this morning, God looks at what he made and he says it was tov, it was good. Okay? But the words that are used there in the, those portions of the Old Testament, when translated into the language of John, it was kakos and kalos. These words are talking about actions that have evil or good outcomes evil or good outcomes. However, that is not the words that John uses. Instead, he uses poniros and agathos. You know, have you heard the name Agatha? Agatha comes from agathos, which means good. But not just good, forensically good, intrinsically good, good within the very character of what it is meant to be. What John is saying when he's saying do not pursue evil, he's saying do not become corrupted in that character which is good that you have gleaned from Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing. Because when we do that, we not only allow for that corruption to come in to our actions so that our actions become kakos, they, the action itself takes on this attribute of evil. In, what happens is that we ourselves become we become ourselves taking on those attributes of evil. And that's what John is saying about these antichrists and these false prophets who are coming. Because their actions are causing the children of God, the church, to go away from the word. Jesus preached a very simple gospel. He said, repent and believe because the kingdom is near. He didn't preach a gospel that had complicated theologies or underpinnings of different philosophies and languages and cultures. He taught a simple gospel. And friends, this is true even today. If we want to be followers of Christ, if we want to be Agathas and Agathos and walk in his ways, we need to remember that simple gospel. And we need to remember to embrace this character of good. John says in his letter to Gaius in 3 John, Do not imitate what is evil, but what is agathos, agatha. Anyone who does what is good is from God, and anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. So this 
dear friends, is the culmination of what John is trying to tell us, but also what John is sharing to that early church. Now, there are brothers and sisters in the faith today who look to the early church and say, if the church wants to do the right thing, we need to go right back there. We need to go back there. Well, if that's the case, then all the ladies move to the left side of the church and all the gentlemen to the right and uh, put the piano away. No more singing. No more singing. And I hope you're very comfortable because we're going to be here for four hours reciting hymns, okay? What the early church did right was listen to God. Listen to God in their context, not in other people's context. John is writing from Jerusalem to Ephesus and what he is writing, what he's saying is relevant to them. We also need to listen to God in that way. We need to listen to God for what is relevant in our lives today, right here in our mission where we find ourselves. So friends, we conclude in 1 John 4, he says, Love comes straight from God and everyone who loves is born of God and truly knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This is the embodiment of true love. Not that we have loved God first, but that He loved us and sent His unique Son on a special mission to become an atoning sacrifice for our sin. And this goes back to what we said earlier. Because atoning means to be at one with God. It means that we have that moment where forensically, intrinsically, we seek for God's presence to be with us and guiding us. And I think that is such a wonderful thing for us to hold on to. Remembering that it was His love that loved us first. And it is His love and from His love that we enact our mission. Amen. May the Lord bless this word to you this day. Let us finish with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have had to open your word. I thank you for this expectant rain that is coming down right now. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us as we finish our time of worship. Bless us with an understanding of this word. And may we carry it with us. And continue to express your love in every which way we can. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for your presence in our community. And ask you, Father, lead us, guide us, empower us by your mighty hand. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to